Star Wars Bookworms is brought to you by Tops, introducing the most high-end Tops Star Wars trading card product ever, Tops Star Wars Stellar Signatures, and the Last Jedi series out now, available now at all great hobby stores. And you can also check out the Star Wars Card Trader app, where you can collect and trade Star Wars cards from 1977 all the way through Star Wars The Last Jedi, available on the App Store and on Google Play. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy! Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So I got a new job. I and heard. I think you're gonna like it because I... it's about your favorite thing. My favorite thing? I think it's your favorite thing, or one of your favorite things. One of my favorite things. One of your favorite things. Take a guess. Actually, you already. Well, I already know. know. You told me you got a job at the Lego store of all places. I did, which is dumb because any money I make, I'm gonna spend. So, anyway, but no, it's really cool. You know, there's so much stuff there that. I never really look at, except for when I was working today. I was like, oh, this is neat. Have you ever looked, like, really looked at the Lego Elves collection, like, line before? Uh, no. I'm aware of them, but no, I haven't really, like, picked up the box it's and looked very closely. It's really freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, some it's of those... So cool. Some of those sets, like the Elves and, like, the Disney ones they do... Like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the doll-like minifigs but like the sets themselves and the builds actually look pretty cool yeah exactly yeah. and they look really awesome and there's some new star wars sets coming out i know you guys did an episode of star scavengers talking about some of these but i actually got to hold some of these in hand so octo island everybody needs to buy that it's amazing just even just looking at it it's so cool and I want to buy like three so I can build a little village and then have three porgs. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's the cheaper way to get the porg minifig because the only I mean, other you can set is spend eight hundred dollars if you want. Yeah, you can get the Millennium Falcon and get it, but this is a much cheaper way. Yeah, yeah, no, and there's these the new micro fighters are totally cool, and I'm really excited for them. I want those too. Sage, I already want too many things, and I only work there one day. So uh, it's gonna be so bad for you. Like it's right now. you're like working in a candy store. <laughs> I know. They just deduct it directly out of your paycheck. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, did you know? Lego fun fact, everybody, that Duplo Legos and the regular Lego bricks fit together. I did. So you know can that. build, you can build them together. <laughs> it's so neat. <laughs> yeah. They told me that today, and I said, huh. And then they gave me, apparently, you can ask, if you ever go to a Lego store, ask them to see their Duplo uh, brick, because everybody has one. And they gave me mine today, and it's one Duplo brick or two with regular bricks stuck together so that you can show people how their child can, you know, use even their the bricks they got when they were little and build stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm super jealous, because... If there was any place that I would want to work part-time, it would probably be the Lego store. So, you're living a dream of mine. I'm living a dream. Living a dream. <laughs> <clears throat> well, this is episode 
something of Star Wars Bookworms. I actually really don't know what episode we're on. Do you? What episode are we on? I have no idea. We're super we're, professional tonight. We're totally in the 80s gentlemen. somewhere. We're totally gonna, in the 80s. I'm going to go out on the limb and say we're in the 80s. Yeah, we are somewhere in the 80s. I am Teresa Delgado, and this is Aaron Goins, and we are normally a podcast that talks about books, if you've never heard us before, but today we're talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi, because you have to. I bet we'll talk about some books kind of mixed in there. Yeah, probably. Because there's a re- you know, Canto, Canto Bite's been out, and there's some like connections to that. Yeah, Canto uh, Bite came out, and... So what there's else? enough connection there. And then the Legends of Luke Skywalker, there's some connections there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you Cobalt got Squadron. the visual guides. And so, yeah, we'll be, yeah. Know, there'll be some book talk throughout our review of The Last Jedi. Yes. And I don't know if I'd really call this a review. More of a, talk. we just want to talk about the movie. So we're a discussion doing among about friends it. about The Last <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> yes. So with that said, spoilers all over the place we're going to talk about the movie and if you haven't seen it run away because we are going to basically spoil all the good things for you lots of stuff happens in this movie there are a lot of things a lot of crazy things so we will spoil them all all of them everyone porgs are cute (laughs) no that's not a spoiler we already knew (laughs) that they already revealed that okay so i first saw the movie what was it? A week before you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday. You saw uh, almost a week before me, like almost five, a week six before days you. before. And I actually saw it twice <laughs> before, before you me. Yeah, I know. It and was so. It was hard I had for to be real quiet. Yeah, I was gonna say it was hard for us <laughs> to even communicate because I was like, no, I don't want to hear anything. Stop. Don't tell me. Stop talking. Don't, don't say anything. Don't. I don't <laughs> even want to know what you what your what tip you're trying to give me. Yeah. Can I give you my tip now? Uh, my tip was to check your personal baggage at the door. See, I'm glad I, I'm glad I shut you down <laughs> because I that would have given me an indication of what to expect in the movie because I know what you meant by my personal baggage. But I mean that for anybody. Yeah, I know, anybody but... that goes see this movie, you need to check your personal baggage at the door because Star Wars is not trying to give you what you want. That's not their that is not their goal at all. Their goal is to create a Star Wars story that we never could have possibly imagined was ever going to exist <laughs> in my opinion. And so they don't give a crap about what you want. Mm-mm. They don't care. That's one way to put it. Um but no, <laughs> I I definitely am glad that I that you didn't tell me that. Although I think I kind of already figured that's what you were going to say, but you know. But yeah. Well, that's what it was. What ifs? So, so what ifs? All right. So I know that you saw it once and you were like, uh, I don't know if I like this. And then you saw it a second time and things were so much better for you. And that's one of the other tips I have is you have to see this movie more than twice, at least twice, at least. Yeah. But there's so much to unpack. And the first time you see it, it hits you over the head and in the face repeatedly with intensity and emotion. And you get to a point when you're just like, I need a timeout intermission, but there's not one. And you come out of it just sort of quiet and like, huh, what? What did I see? And then the second time you come out of it and you're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> but what was it like for you? Because I know you were kind of, what, like, 
in general the experience just like that like when you first came out of it the first time and then yeah the first the first viewing for me was it was almost a stressful situation because is even though you're like leave your baggage at the door i mean i there's a lot of star wars baggage it's impossible to leave it all at the door you know there's going to be some that comes in with you and i was sitting there with every all of my hopes and dreams of what i wanted the story to become (laughs) And that's that so wrong. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> and so I'm like stressed for the first half of the movie, like stressed. Like I'm not even enjoying it, even though there's like all this cool stuff going on, all these awesome visuals. I was just stressed because there were things that I wanted to happen that I, that I didn't see happening, and I'm waiting for them to happen. And it probably took me until about halfway through the movie to kind of calm down and just watch it, and then. Then it was just like a roller coaster from there to the end. And then I walked out of there just stunned, I guess would be the right word. Mm-hmm. And I was just re- like, my head was just reeling. I didn't know what I thought. I didn't understand certain things. Um, so yeah, I definitely needed to see it a second time and go in already having experienced it once. So I could just go in and just watch it as a film and not go in with any kind of expectations at all. Cause I already knew what was going to happen. Um, and then the second time was a much more enjoyable experience. I'm sure we will get into the details of what I enjoyed and what I didn't uh, when we actually kind of start talking more about the movie. But No, that's it. We're not going to talk anymore. That's it. That's we it. Gotta, We're we, done. We still got to talk I'm about our sponsor. <laughs> We're done. And then uh, we're... <laughs> yeah, we do need to do that. So before we – well, really quick, I just want to comment. Okay, so imagine how you felt after the first time. Yeah. That's how most of us were feeling after we saw it at the world premiere but we had to now go into a party mode of a casino <laughs> and it was like, well, hmm, this is the most subdued casino ever. And also picture this, if you will, I walk right into Ryan Johnson right after seeing this and <laughs> I'm like, hi, how are you? This is my name. This is where I'm from, all this stuff. And I was there representing black girl nerds and fangirls going rogue, but I was like, hello, shook his hand. And then he says this. So what'd you think? I was like, no, don't ask me. <laughs> like, that's the worst, I don't know yet. <laughs> that's the worst question you could possibly ask. And I actually stuttered on my words. I was like, well, mm, duh. and he just kind of looked at me and I'm like, that's not bad. Uh, hang on, backtrack. Wow. <laughs> and I actually said this, like, back up, back up. I really enjoyed it, but I'm processing, but I really liked it. And he goes, <laughs> and, and I was like, and also, the female representation was amazing. And he said, first of all, I totally get it. He's like, and I love the reaction. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. And then we took a picture with him, and I was just like, oh, God. That's so funny. I wish I saw that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but it was like, but he totally understood and he knew. And then right after that, and we'll get into the mid roll in just a minute, but right after that, I turn around and behind us is Kiri Hart. So we're like, hi, Kiri, talking to Kiri. And then I turn and then Dave Filoni is standing right there. And I, <laughs> I don't know why I did this. I just looked at him and I pointed and I was like, you. And he goes, you. And then he goes, come here and give me a hug. And I gave him the biggest hug. And then his wife was there. I said hi to Anne. And then Tracy Canovio standing off to the side. And she's like, what am I, chopped liver? And I'm like, I honestly didn't see you. <laughs> it was just like this 
craziness. And we talked today for about half an hour all about Lothwolves and all this stuff and just all these things. And and Dave is great and Rebels is awesome. <laughs> you know, also, he would like to know, and I bet everybody else feels this way, what is with all the Porgs and no, like, Lothcat merch? Just saying. It's unbalanced. Hey, I would prefer Lothcats over Porgs any day. Yeah. So I'm with Dave on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the world premiere was really fun. But yes, that whole feeling you had after your first viewing was how we all were. And it was like the weirdest to go in and try to party after it. Yeah, I could imagine that. Plus you have you know, a decent amount of time until the rest of the world sees the movie. So you got to kind of like, you can't just go out and talk about it to everybody like you want to. Right. So, yeah. yeah um, oh, I feel really yeah. bad for you that you had to go through that. It was terrible. Yeah, I'm was, sure. I'm sure it was just the worst experience ever. Yes. Hanging out with Dave <laughs> Filoni and stuff. Yeah. I'm not jealous meeting, at all. Meeting Frodo. Can we just talk about the movie now? I got to meet Frodo. It was <laughs> I really know. cool. I see. I saw the pictures. <laughs> So anyway, at the top of the show, we talked about Top's new line of trading cards, the Star Wars Stellar Signatures, which is very hard to say. And we just want to talk a little bit more about those. They're a limited collection featuring autographs from 40 of the most in-demand Star Wars actors on these luxurious slab, like 48-point cards. They were only making 100 collector boxes of these. So if you want them, you need to try and find them. Yes. Like, there are limited cards, quantities. Limited quantities. And all the cards are numbered to 40 or less with one guaranteed one of one autograph in each box. But I haven't had a chance to go out and get any of these. I do. I did pick up a couple packs recently of the, the, the Last Jedi ones, which I love. The thing I love about these cards is especially the insert cards. They're like little mini posters. Mm. You know, so I got some, I got like a cool Kylo Ren card. I got a cool Ray card. And you can kind of just like set it up um, like at your desk at work or whatever, or pin it to the wall. And it's like these little mini posters. If you're, if you're not concerned about like, you know, keeping them in mint condition like some people are. Well, there are also really cool cards on the Star Wars Card Trader app. And so I thought I would open a pack or two on the air as we go through. I'm trying to pick out which ones I want. To open the one I really want to open is the Star Wars The Last Jedi Holiday Series, but I don't have enough crystals for that. So I'm gonna open the v- new vehicles and ships because this is new. This wasn't in the app as of last night when I was playing on it. So okay, so it's opening. It looks really cool. Okay, I got a blue fin card, a blue base fin, a red base Grimgar and Bazine Natal, a blue Jango Fett. A white Yaddle card. Yaddle's a weird, just weird character. <laughs> and then a white Baru and Owen Lars. So I didn't get an insert. So let's open another one. The odds are. <laughs> we got to open 10. a pack until you get inserts. <laughs> the odds are one in ten. All right, on one more pack. Insert. Well, yeah. And right now, if you are doing the Star Wars Card Trader app, you get fifty thousand credits a day. I got a Porg. I got a Porg. It's not an insert, but I got a Porg. Just a regular Porg card? Just a regular Porg. Every time I get one, I freak out. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about Porgs. We'll talk about Porgs. I'm opening opening one more. Ooh, I got a new Admiral Ackbar card and a Jar Jar Binks. My life is complete. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you need in Star Wars. Jar Jar Binks, I'm just not getting... I don't even know what these inserts look like, guys. I'm just... May he rest in peace. 
may he rest in peace. I got an Ahsoka and a Kanan. Oh, I got an insert. Okay, I got... What is it? A green one. It's the Canto Bite Police in- Interceptor. That is cool looking. Cool. Nice. Way to go. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi vehicles and ships. We should always so open packs one. on the show Ooh. because I think we're like 100% now on opening packs and getting inserts. We definitely are. Oh, and that was a green one. So that was a 1 in 50 odds. Look at you. Look at me. That was awesome. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> Yes, but tops, awesome. Get the get the packs, get the app. Very fun. Very fun. Very fun. Um, but Star Wars: The Last Jedi. We kind of talked about our, you know, viewing experience at least seeing it the first time and kind of how we felt overwhelmed. I guess you could say um, mm-hmm. after the first viewing. But I'm actually I'm really curious because we actually haven't had a chance to really talk too much about this. It's like a few no. texts back and forth, but really we haven't had a chance to really talk about it. I know you. At least I think from what I've seen you talk about on social media, it seems like you really, really on board with this movie and love it. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of yeah. curious to hear, you know, what hit home for you, what you like so much about it. Um, and this this movie's been kind of divisive in the fandom recently. You know, as well, far as... You know, it's funny. People always say that when a Star Wars movie comes out, and I feel like we get the same thing every single time. It's always divisive. Just people forget. It's been long enough that people forget. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep, like, remember. And The Force Awakens was divisive. There was all these people that were like, oh, it's too like A New Hope. And then everybody else that was like, oh, they didn't take enough risks and all that, whatever. Just, no, it's yo, Star yeah, Wars... Yeah. here's my take on the whole thing here we go (laughs) yeah just look this is the star wars we're getting okay you either get on board or you're not and if you're not gonna if you don't like it then that's fine you can go watch something else because it's not gonna change (laughs) so (laughs) it's not like they're gonna go and remake the movie for you I don't know. <laughs> well, just, they're not. They're uh, not going to. So I just, no, no. I totally. I think that's the right <laughs> attitude to have. Um, as far as yes, this is this is a story that they are telling us, and it's not our story to tell. Right. And you may have things that you want to happen, or things you hope happen, or characters that you really want to be portrayed in a certain way. And if you come into a movie with those expectations, you're setting yourself up for either being very happy with the outcome or being very disappointed with the outcome. Mm-hmm. And, but in the end, yeah, it's the story that they gave us and you decide if it's something that you want to continue on with and enjoy and be positive about or you can be really negative about it and find another franchise. Um, but I do think, though, that everyone is free to, you know, to, to present their opinion. And so if there are things in a movie that you don't necessarily like, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to love yeah. everything about the movie. I think... And I don't think us as fans should, you know, there's not some kind of like litmus test on like, oh, well, if you didn't like a movie this much, then, you know, you, you missed the point or you're not intelligent enough to understand what they were trying to tell you and that kind of stuff. Like people start like, we don't need to be talking down on people just because they might've been disappointed in things. Yeah. And that exactly, you know, everybody can have their opinion and how they feel about certain things, but not to the point of tearing down other people because of it. That. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and when I was saying it was divisive, because I know you're right, every Star Wars movie it is divisive. But it feels like this one, for whatever reason, and even just among my close friends, 
it's very 50-50. Like I'll talk to one person that just totally loved it and thinks it's the best thing that they've ever done to Star Wars. And I've talked to other people that are like, I really just didn't like it at all. Um, more than I experienced in The Force Awakens. Well, and here's my question, though. How many of those people have seen it more than once? Um, yeah, the, it's definitely a mix, but most of the people at this point have seen it more than once. Because um, I find that the more the more people see it, the more their view on things change. And, like, take Tracy Gardner for an example. She really didn't like it after she saw it the first time. And then she saw it again, and now she started to come around on it. I mean, I've seen it more than a lot of people. I've seen it four times at this point, And it gets better and better each time that you see it. And I think it's one of those that it's it's like it has to grow on you type of situation. Yeah, and I've only just seen because it twice. there's so much in it. It wasn't until the third time that I noticed that Poe is not saying, I have a message for General Hugs. Oh. Not Hugs. Hugs. That he did say Hugs? He says Hugs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he does. You're right. It's hilarious. Um, I caught it, it on my second it even, viewing. It made it even more funny than it already was. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, we'll talk about the movie, and I have, you know, I have issues with some of the things that they did. Personal preference issues, I have plot hole issues there's there's issues i have with the movie but there's also some really amazing things in this movie just like any star wars movie for me you know there's i don't think there is a star wars movie that i watch that i just say oh that's a perfect movie and they didn't make any mistakes like yeah, there's gonna like, be it, things phantom you, menace come on well that's the only one every You're right. single yeah. thing is my perfect. favorite character jar jar binks is in that movie that's, it's but, the best movie <laughs> to ever happen to star wars so it's yeah actually, I, I just, i'm joking around but it is one of my favorites i know it is <laughs> i know it's one of your favorites <laughs> Um, but you know, I think the, the thing is, and we're all Star Wars fans. And for me, this was a Star Wars movie that I got to experience. And I always love watching a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the end I came out of there first time I saw it was, you know, just tried to, you know, trying to figure it out. But the second time I saw it, I really left that theater happy, um, with, with the story that I was given and really, um, and I'm just excited to see what's coming next. But, you know, I think it'll be fun to talk to you about just kind of different elements in the movie. Cause I know there's things that you probably were completely okay with that. I was super disappointed in. So, yeah, well, I kind of have a little bit of a list to sort of help guide us. Oh, nice. And so we are kind of prepared. It, sort of, sort of, I'm recycling something. Oh, it's a, it's a list that's I'm been previously I'm, used. I'm recycling something, but I think they're good points to that hit on almost everything. So all the major things anyway. So I think we should probably start with the thing that has you the most passionate, and that is Luke. Oh, we're and going I, right there. I thought we were going to say that for the last. Just, no, we're, <laughs> we're going to go right to Luke, mainly because I know this was your biggest thing. So... Tell me a little bit about how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about baggage. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, when the prequel or when the sequel trilogy was announced, I think, um, you know, anyone that is a fan of Star Wars, if you watch the original trilogies, prequels, or even into the Legends books and comics and all that stuff, you're going to have your hopes for what they're going to do. Um, and so I think for me, Luke was a big part of that. You know, and I really wanted him to be a certain type of character, um, yeah. and the way they're going to present him. And in the Force Awakens, I was disappointed because he wasn't in it. You know, he he was just shown at the very end, 
Um, the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm waiting for him to show up. They're in the snow fighting, and the lightsaber starts rattling in the snow, and I'm thinking, that's Luke. Luke's going to be the one that, you know, I'm like, just as a big Luke fan, I really wanted to see him in action. Um, so then when they didn't use him in the first movie, the second movie's coming around, and you see him in all the previews, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be Luke's movie. And it just, I just had a way that I thought he was going to be, you know, I just I probably did come in with way too much baggage uh, with, you know, because the Legends stuff, you know, I've read every novel that was set after the turn of the Jedi and you just kind of, that's the Luke that you imagine. That's, you think that that's what he's going to become. And it's really not what we got in the movie. And so I think it was as the movie continued to move along and I'm like waiting for the, the shift to happen. I'm like, okay, at some point he's going to kind of snap back and be, be back to that awesome guy. And he never really gets there. And, and then by the end, when he kind of does his thing with the projection and he projects himself to create, and you have like this amazing stuff that he's doing. And right when I'm like feeling really good about where he's at, then he dies. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. So hang on. So describe to me what Luke is from the books to you and what you were expecting. Because as a person who has not read all of those, I've read some of them as you know, we know and listeners of the show know I have not read all of them though. So enlighten me on what he should have been because I didn't have any expectations of how Luke should be Mm -hmm. at all. And I was very pleasantly surprised and loved the Luke that we got. And so that's very different. Yeah. And I think some of it's from the, so yeah, I'll try to keep it brief. The, the original trilogy left Luke in a place where he had defeated the emperor, defeated Vader or redeemed Vader. um, And he had been given instruction by Yoda to go on and teach what he had learned. And the triumphant, whatever, the Ewok village, and you're like, okay, Luke, Jedi Master, not, I mean, technically not Jedi Master, but like he's, he's this very confident Jedi, he's got the cool outfit, he's got the green lightsaber, and you think he's just ready to go out into the galaxy and, you know, find other Force users and train them and kind of train up the next generation of Jedi, and that's what he does do in the books. Um, And it's, I'm not talking about he did it, like, oh, there's one or two books about this, like, you're talking about dozens and dozens of novels that portray him in this way um and so going into watching the last jedi and you kind of already know that things are different because the force awakens he's on an island you know that he's been missing for a while so you already know that they're going a different direction than the books did and and that's fine um but when when she does find him I guess I was hoping that he would be kind of that same Luke where he would want to train Ray, you know, and he would want to join the fight and he would want to help out his friends and not be hidden away on this island. Um, so, yeah, I think just that's that's what I was expecting to see is is a Luke that was a little bit more sure of himself, a little bit more... Um, wanting to to be part of like the solution and not hide so while all of that makes sense as far as what you were looking forward to 
I don't really understand how anybody could get there that that's the Luke we were going to get. I mean, he's hiding on a freaking island for crying sake. Oh, I know. You know, there's no way that he's going to be that person. I I guess I just never had that expectation. And to be honest, that first scene when he gets the lightsaber and he looks at it and there's this dramatic look between him and Ray and he just throws it over his shoulder. I was like, yep, high five. That's exactly what you do. You don't even need to say anything. <laughs> just be like, no. <laughs> See, that's what Goodbye. I didn't. Yeah. Like, so that scene I didn't like at all. Like, I just I didn't think it was funny. I just felt like it was perfect. Like, sometimes you don't actually have to say anything. I don't think there's any amount of dialogue that he could have actually said to illustrate his feelings more so than to just throw it away. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I want to dwell on either just because there's no reason to. Like, you know, the I did have a very specific thing that I had hoped for with his character, and I didn't get that. So, okay, it's over. You know, like, I'm move on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not something I need to, to dwell on for this character. <clears throat> there definitely were, you know, things, things that they did with his character in this movie that I didn't understand why they're doing it. You know, it's just a middle movie of a trilogy. So like, we still have the rest of the story coming, um, which may, you know, may help things for me as well. But, um, yeah, it just wasn't what I wanted and that's fine. Like I said, it's not my story to tell. It's someone else's story. Um, but I, I still was disappointed and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was disappointed by it. Yeah. And, and it makes sense for people that are, that have been so attached to Luke in the way that you have been, especially with the EU and all of that. I actually really like Luke a lot more after this movie. I've never been like a huge Luke person. Like I appreciate everything he did in the original trilogy, obviously, but I've never had a huge attachment to him like I have with other characters. But this just totally, he was so, oh, what do you, where do you put him? Like kind of in the middle. I think everything that he did with talking to Ray and he brought up the fact that the Jedi were failures and that they were vain and all these things that you and I have actually talked about before. And I was just like, yes, thank you. Well, like he says it. There's and different it was just philosophies. So perfect. There's different philosophies of Star Wars. There's and there's fans that like certain things, fans that don't. Like anyone that is a big Boba Fett fan, for example, if Boba Fett showed up in these movies, they would be thrilled. And all the people that hate Boba Fett would have been ticked and saying that they're ruining the movies and they tried to jam Boba Fett into them. You know, you have you different fans that enjoy different things. You know, so anyone who doesn't care about the Jedi or anyone who has doesn't really get why everybody likes the Jedi, it's like, oh, why do you like the Jedi so much? Um, you know, sure, this movie, of course, people wouldn't be bothered by the way Luke was portrayed. You know, because they already want to see the Jedi being lesser a part of Star Wars. Um, well, that's that's not see, but I I don't. I think you're going off on something that's not what I was saying. Because you know I love the Jedi and the Sith and the Force. Like, that is my Star Wars jam. But I think Luke that was, stuff. what you were saying was what Luke, when Luke was saying these things about the Jedi, and that you were like, yes, you know, you agreeing with him. Like, he wasn't right when he was saying those things. Even Rey corrected him. Yoda corrected him. Like, he was down on the Jedi because of past mistakes. So he was like, yeah, the Jedi should end. 
but he was wrong. The Jedi shouldn't end. The Jedi should continue. Um, no, but I'm not saying that I agree with Luke that the Jedi should end, but I do agree with Luke in that he's saying that the Jedi, he admits to all of the Jedi's faults. And like for him, the way he was viewing the Jedi and all that stuff was really driving his isolation and driving how he was feeling and, and mainly because of his experience with with Ben Solo and the mistakes that he made. And he's comparing his own mistakes to the mistakes of the Jedi order and basically putting him like his small mistake that he made. He's making it seem like it's the same thing as the Jedi losing their connection to the force really and allowing the dark side to rise and then being really cocky about themselves. But even Yoda says in revenge of the Sith, or maybe it's attack of the clones. He says that the Jedi are starting to lose their grip on the force. And it's because they got so entangled in politics and all kinds of other things. But I think I think Luke is wrong. The Jedi do need to continue. But one thing about Luke is that he always seems to misinterpret and sort of go sort of off on these like Luke tangents of how things are supposed to be done. And we already talked about Yoda a little bit, but bringing Yoda up because he is in the movie, he says it again. You didn't do what I told you to do, which was to pass on what you have learned and everything, including failure and what failure looks like. And I think that he finally did to Ray in this one, you know, he passed on what failure is and what it looks like. And, and he finally admits to the things that he did wrong. And I think she learned a lot from that, even though we didn't see this amazing amount of training happen between Luke and Ray, like the way we would think of, there was some amazing amount of training that Ray really learned from him in that short time that she was there. But I love that Yoda says, you didn't do what I told you to do. And he hits Luke in the head with his cane. He's like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, um, there's a lot of time between return of the Jedi and the force awakens or even the events that led to him going to the Island um, that we don't see. We didn't get to see Luke go out and find these other, you know, force users in established an academy. Cause we know he did do that. Mm-hmm. And he did train Ben. So that's all the stuff that I think if we had kind of seen that and what led to him being where he's on the island, it would have been less jarring. But to only just see this version of Luke and not really understand what led him there, um, that was kind of, that was a little bit harder. Um, So I do hope that eventually we will get to see kind of that story, even if it's not in a movie, just to kind of see what... What did he go do? You know, when did he go find these other force users and how was he training them? I mean, he obviously was training them. So he did, you know, even though Yoda said, hey, you didn't do what I told you. He did try. He just failed at it and then went and hit on an island. But mm-hmm. um, which is disappointing for that character. But um, I don't know. I would have liked to see a little bit more with him and Ray that wasn't so uh, contentious. You know, it was a lot, a lot of their back and forth was just arguments and him being afraid of her power and you know, that kind of stuff instead of there ever being some kind of a camaraderie. I would have liked to see them get to that point, but they didn't. Yeah, I mean, like, what you really need is you just need a movie that shows you all the stuff that you didn't get to see. Like, you want you want a movie that is all the training and all that stuff, and, 
you know, the, the building of the Academy and all these things. And that makes sense. And it's in, honestly, it's a story that I would love to hear too. But I just needed Luke to be just cooler. Wasn't a... <laughs> <laughs> That's all it comes down. I mean, honestly, it is. It's a personal preference. I, and I know that I'm not alone in this opinion, you know, um, they, they decided to go a different way with Luke than many people expected. And I don't think those expectations are just completely unfounded either. I think they're, you know, it wasn't like I just wanted Luke to be the hero of the story. You know, he was the hero of the original trilogy. Um, you know, I wanted him to continue to be a hero. And, you know, they there's some great Luke moments in this movie. I'm not saying everything was bad, uh, but for me as a fan of, the, of that character, it, it left me wanting for sure. And I was really disappointed they decided to kill him. I thought that. Well, but here's the thing. I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done with Luke. And I definitely don't think we're done with Mark Hamill in these movies. I have a feeling he's going to be appearing as a force ghost moving forward. And that would only make sense. He has a mastery of the force now to where he can do, he can do something like that. And I think that would be a really cool way to continue to use the character. I, you know, I guess we can move on to some of the cool things that he did do. His ability to use the Force in the way that he used the Force to almost help revive Leia. And then continuing on with that to basically be a full-on appearance or presence or whatever was impressive. And I that whole bit and the way that he used the force to do that just blew my mind. It was amazing. And I think it was the third viewing that I think Leia knew he wasn't there. There was a look when he gives her the dice and he puts it, they hold hands for a minute. She looks at him in this way that if you look at it, it's like, she knows, okay, you're not actually here, you know, but she can still feel his presence and he's obviously visible because uh, C-3PO says something and then Poe and all of them see him and everything. But the first time I saw it as he's approaching Kylo Ren and everything, I did not – I had no idea that he wasn't actually there. And he gets shot with like all these like blasters and whatever and – he just keeps walking and I was like, yes, cause he's just that amazing. Not because yes, he's not really there. <laughs> it was more if I was like, he's just that BA. <laughs> right. And that's what, <laughs> that was the part when, so people were asked, I've you know gotten this question like, Oh, you know, I, I got so emotional when I watched the force awakens. What were the parts of the force awakens that made you cry or tear up? And I always say it's the opening credits and when Han died, those two moments. Where, where I got tears in my eyes when I watched The Force Awakens. In this movie, the only part of the movie that got that hit me that emotionally was when Luke walked out onto the battlefield. Like he walked through the hole in the wall to face the army by himself. Because I was like, okay. And like I was like you. I thought he was there. Um, you know, I didn't pick up on some of the, the hints that he wasn't actually um, physically there. And so the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, wow. Like Luke has... Everything on the island that I was disappointed in has now been erased because now look at look at how BA he is. He's walking out there. He like the blasters and stuff t- hit him, and like for a second there you're wondering, oh, did he just get completely decimated? And he's just trying to be like a, a distraction, um, but he survives it. And he kind of does the whole shoulder flick thing, and and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. And 
then when you realize that he's not actually there, it does kind of take away from some of the BA-ness of it. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a pretty amazing power that he can project himself. Well, see, um, I didn't way. realize he wasn't there until Kylo like Sliced tries through. to cut him in fashion yeah. or whatever. And I was like, huh? And then he sticks the thing in him and I was like, <gasps> no way. Oh yeah. my God, that's even more amazing. <laughs> like he's not actually there. I know, and, and then, it was so cool. And it was so awesome but you know some of the things there I, upon the second viewing i was like oh when his feet move there's no disturbing of the salt mm. on the surface oh and then the next thing i was like oh, it's a blue lightsaber that one's broken and <laughs> yeah. i was like it should be green but it's like i didn't notice it the first time because i was so overwhelmed with like oh this is happening this is so crazy and then I noticed all these little things, and I'm like, oh. And his hair and his beard, and, like, there's a whole bunch of little things. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I, well, I definitely I'm noticed. I definitely noticed the hair and the beard being different. I just thought, oh, maybe he just got a haircut so did I. before he came so over. So did I. But um, <laughs> the blue lightsaber I noticed right away. But at the same time, I just thought, okay, maybe that he just had a different lightsaber. I wasn't really – I think, like you, I was so caught up in the moment that I wasn't – even though I was noticing things, I didn't care. I'm like, okay, they can explain the blue lightsaber later. I'm just watching this amazing thing, you know. Um, and even the way he fought Kylo, where he's just dodging, he never they never actually clash sabers, was really cool because that's what a master would do, you know. He doesn't have to necessarily land blows to defeat you, um, almost in the way that, you know, Kenobi fought Darth Maul on Tatooine, you know, where you have this, like, really quick fight that there's not a lot of clashes and it's over. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm cool. I'm down with this. Like, this is awesome. Um, and then when you realize he's not there, that was kind of like, oh, you know, but that's still cool though, because he's super powerful and he's going to help Ray establish the Jedi now. And no, so see, like, I never went there. <laughs> you know, you just thought he was going to fall over and die. Like I, I didn't think, like, I didn't think that because, but I didn't really, my brain doesn't do that. You know, I just sort of watch what's happening. So yeah. then after that, they cut to Octo and he, you see him and then he like falls off the rock. And I was like. Oh dang! I in my head I was like, he just used all of the amount of power that he had left, and then they look at the suns, and then there's twin suns, and I was like, oh no! <laughs> and then he sits there, and then he just like evaporates, and I was like, that's the way Chirrut should have died is actually what I thought. <laughs> Chirrut, that's who was on your mind. I was like, Chirrut should have done that. I did think that actually. That's funny. and and I just I just melted like i started crying and i'm like why are you crying but i started crying going it's so perfect like for me it was so just poignant and peaceful and powerful the whole thing like i'm gonna do all this stuff and use all this force energy and my last connection that i have to the force to help save the remaining five people in the resistance and ray <laughs> and my sister and Poe and Finn and Rose there's I can keep going I guess and save save this last remaining part of the resistance because the rebellion not the resistance but the rebellion is being reborn right now and I am doing my part to help make that happen <laughs> and it's just like Luke they didn't die in a cave with crystal animals yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's where I was. I was just like, "Thank you." I was oh on God. such. It was such a ro roller coaster for me because I was 
disappointed by the island stuff, then so on such a high with the crate stuff. And then he died and I was disappointed again. So it was like this big emotional roller coaster for me. Um, and, you know, I'm like I said, I will readily admit I was, I will even use the word extremely. I was extremely disappointed in some of the story decisions they went with, with Luke. But they did make those decisions and I actually did enjoy, you know, some of the elements of his story. And so I'm like, okay, they didn't do what I wanted them to do, but I still like the movie. So I'll move on. I'm moving on. Like it's over. I'll put it in the past and I'm just going to move forward and go with what they tell us next. But I will say that I was, I was very disappointed. Yeah. Well, you just need to do what Timon and Pumbaa do. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, it's fine. It's, a, <laughs> it's the only, the only way you can uh, enjoy something. You just kind of have to go with it, you know, even if it's not what you want it. So. Yeah. So let's talk about Leia using the Force. Did you like that? Yeah. Or did you think it was weird? No, or were I'd, you kind of like, hmm? I know a lot of people, that's one of the things, like if you go down the list of things that people nitpick about this movie, that that one seems to come up. Um, actually, that didn't bother me at all. And probably also because of Legends, but it, you know, I've read plenty of stories where Leia used the Force. So, um, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool, actually. I mean, I was... I, I really liked it, too. And and it's mainly because... Okay, so I had this in my head when I was watching it the first time. I knew... We know she was supposed to be a big part of Nine. We also know that they... That Ryan Johnson said that he didn't change anything about the movie after her passing. He okay. kept it the same. Mm-hmm. So whatever they had filmed and the plan stayed the same. They didn't change it. So I knew that she wasn't dead, right? And... I in my head I was like did she die but I didn't cry yet like when she gets blown off of the bridge of the ship I was like she's not dead but what is going on right and so then her hand starts to twitch and then her eyes open and I was like yes we actually get to see her use the force and she like flies through the air and she hits the door and then I was like oh it was <laughs> like, cool. There was this very Harry Potter moment for me, and I don't know why, but it was just like this whole like magic flying thing. <laughs> and I was just like, this is great. <laughs> I just want to point out, Kanan did it first. He did do it yeah. first. And yeah. I, I know somebody pointed that out on the Twitter, and I was trying to remember. Can you jog my memory of... Like when? what led to it? So no, when, when it happened. In Rebels, when, he, when, uh, when Maul... And him, Maul was hanging out with him and Ezra at one point when they were kind of working with him. Mm-hmm. And Maul ends up pushing him out at airlock because he's trying to kill <gasps> oh, him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes out the airlock and then, yeah, he uses the force and he's able to survive and gets back on the ship. And it, as soon as I saw that happen with Leia, I was like, oh, yeah, Kanan did that. Like, so they've already established <laughs> in canon that this can happen. So I went with it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's great. Like, I love that. And mainly because in the films, we've never really seen her use the force at all. And so it was other than to be like, Luke, Luke. <laughs> uh, Luke. And so now we get to see that. And it was just really, really impressive, really cool. And also when she opens the door to where Poe is on the bridge of the cruiser ship and she just like stuns his butt, I was just like, yes. She shoots him. Yeah. That oh, yeah. Great. Like that was... Um, I did think for a, for a second, I did think that they killed her. Like when, when she blows out into space and I was like, Oh wow. Like that's how she goes. Okay. That's interesting. Like I thought it was a very bold choice, um, to, to do that, but then she didn't die. So I was like, okay, never mind. But yeah. And then of course, I guess that's when Akbar died too, but we didn't even get to see that poor guy die. 
Um, the hero of the of Return of the Jedi. No respect in this movie. Nope, but it's a wrap. He's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of sad about that, but. You, they had to make way for Amelin Holdo, who, by the way, was nothing like Luna Lovegood. Nope. And which actually was a little jarring for me because of that book. Right. I'm like, wait, who are but you? <laughs> You're not. I. I really liked her, although I admit, at first I hated her because I was like, "You're mean, lady." And then when it finally comes around with like where she was coming from, the things she knew, what she was trying to do, and then when she just straight up decimates Snoke's ship, I was just like. Wow, you are amazing. <laughs> Hera did it first. <laughs> There's a couple things in this movie that did reminded the, me of she? Rebels. Um, yeah, well, when Hera does the whole, she shoots through the Imperial ship with uh, like going to light speed while she's sitting in the hangar and blows up the ship. It's kind of the same <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, she doesn't destroy herself in the process because uh, she's a better pilot. But, but yeah, she did something very similar. But yeah, that. Emmeline, for me, I think I was kind of the same way as you. I was just like, I don't like her. She's kind of mean. Like, she just, whatever. And she, it almost seemed like they were kind of portraying her as, not necessarily a bad guy, but she was definitely an antagonist to Poe. And since you're already kind of, like, on board with Poe being one of, like, the main three heroes of the new movies, you're, you're rooting for Poe's side of it, you know? Um, so she was kind of annoying to me. I loved the what she did, though, with you know, the hyperspace thing. And that was so, so visually stunning. Um, oh, and that there was no sound. Yeah. Like it was just quiet and everybody was completely silent. Yeah. During that part. It, it's so cool and captivating, but you know what? I feel like they had to do what they did in order to get Poe to grow to the point to where he wasn't just a cocky flyboy. And I think that that was really important. Now, if you've been reading the Poe comics, we do know that Leia has said, as I have actually read some of these, that Leia has actually said that she was grooming him to be her successor. Mm-hmm. And so you see a moment where he's thinking it's going to be him and then it's Amelin. And so I feel like this was necessary for the film goers to be able to understand that Poe is going to take over the lead of of the rebellion moving forward. I, I, they set that up really well. Yeah. I think like, it seems like they're setting up this dynamic where he's going to be kind of the military lead moving forward. And then Ray's going to be kind of the Jedi lead moving forward. Um, and they met officially and he said, I know. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a row shipper. You're okay. What you're what? I'm you're a, I'm a row. I'm, I'm a, I'm a row shipper. Okay. I get that. Yeah, I could, I could get on board with that. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess if we're going to talk about shipping, the um, there's definitely the whole Finn. I feel like they're setting up a couple different scenarios, but you you know, obviously Finn Rose, because Rose is all about Finn. I'm not sure if Finn's all about Rose, uh, but then R- Finn still definitely has eyes for Ray. And then now yeah, have, but I don't know if he has romantic eyes for Ray or not. Yeah, and I, I don't. You're right. I mean, he definitely. There were some things in the Force Awakens, you know, where where you're kind of thinking, okay, he's kind of crushing on her a little bit. Um, and obviously, he's he's barely with her in this movie, so you you don't really get much beyond that. But yeah, I don't know. I think there there's some some opportunity for different different matchups, different uh, jealousies. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. 
Now, did you catch the Titanic reference? I don't know if it was intentional or not. Oh, I I would not be one to catch a Titanic reference. Oh, well, when Rose saves Finn uh-huh. and she's in the ship and Finn jumps out and he runs and he's like, Rose, why would you do that, Rose? He almost went down the path of saying, you're so stupid and grabs her by the face. And he even does that. And I was like, oh, because it's when Jack so going back to titanic uh rose is on they put get rose on a lifeboat and she doesn't want to be away from jack and she jumps off the lifeboat back onto titanic and he runs down to her and he was like rose why would you do that you're so stupid rose and i was just when that that scene happened and i was like (laughs) (laughs) nope never even thought about titanic at all (laughs) i did I liked the scene. I'm like, it didn't make a ton of sense that she was able to kind of whip back around and do that because they show a pretty clear scene that he's way out in front. Um, but that that helped add to the element of surprise. So I didn't know how he was going to survive that moment because I th- I thought for sure they're not going to kill him. And then at right at the last minute, I'm like, man, maybe they are going to kill Finn. And then she she comes in and saves him. But I liked the dynamic between those two characters. I think. I did too. She was a, a cool addition. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, the the mission they went on and stuff, whatever. Boring. But yeah, it, not my favorite <laughs> part of the movie. But her as a character, I really enjoy. So I'm happy to see her, you know, continue on in the in the series. And you know, there's definitely she's got, you know, she's definitely got some eyes for him, and she kisses him and everything. But I don't know if they're gonna run with that as a as a big deal, or if they're gonna kind of leave that as it is. Yeah, I don't know. I really love Rose as a character. Again, that the Canto bite part of the movie is not my favorite. It's kind of, but I love the Faviers. They're amazing, and I love those little kids. But you said that fancy Faviers. Well, they're that's what they're called. They're called Faviers. It's like French Faviers. Favi. Well, it's F A T H. Faviers. So Favier's, like French, like the R would be silent, you know, or I guess you could say Favier's. Um, but I thought it was Favier's. But, I mean, I don't know. Tomato, everything, tomato. Yeah, everything's pronounced weird. <laughs> so I really love those things. They were so cool. So there was parts of it that I liked. I could do without Benicio Del Toro's character as of right now. It's Interesting. Kind of, he's kind of like whatever to me. He's like, okay, uh, jerk. Uh <laughs> You know, just he didn't make an impression on me. It was like, okay, you're kind of cool, whatever. And I guess we'll see if he comes back in nine. Yeah. And but as of right now, I'm just sort of indifferent. But I did love Rose and especially the first scene we see with her and Finn. And she says, doing talking with heroes isn't my thing. She's like doing (laughs) Doing talking. talking. (laughs) Yeah. And then she takes out her little stun and she's like, I had to stun three people. And then she just like stuns his butt. (laughs) She does. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. But she she's so cool i would love to see more of her really and not to mention kelly marie tran in real life is adorable like hashtag adorbs and i love her instagram it's probably the best thing ever yep agree yeah she's i think that helped me too because i i know the lead up to the movie she was a character um you know i was like oh this this girl's gonna be going on a mission with finn it doesn't sound that interesting to me and i wasn't super excited about her as a character but then I, then they started doing, you know, she started to get more, the actress started to get more in the public eye and 
um, seeing interviews with her and stuff like that. I'm like, actually, she is really cool, just a cool person. And it made me really want to like the character more because I like the actress so much. Um, and then the character was really cool too. So I was proven wrong on that account because I was going into the movie thinking I wouldn't really like her character that much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up really liking her a lot. So yeah, that she was a a cool addition to the movie. No complaints there. Um, Benicio del Toro kind of running back to that. You said you you didn't really like him. I kind of the same boat. Like he seemed out of place to me, um, Mm -hmm. in the movie and yeah, he didn't really, you know, he kind of just did his thing and disappeared. And I do wonder if there's more to come with that character just because it does seem so random, but, um, it was fine. Like whatever. I I didn't love or hate him. He was just right. kind of there. And since we're kind of in that time frame, we got more of Phasma. Yeah. And the more Phasma we got was impressive. And I will admit that having read that novel helped a lot as far as to really understand where she's coming from and all this stuff. But then, you know, she dies again. So, uh, it's kind of like, well, bye. Yeah. But, the fight between the two of them was really awesome and he calls her Chrome Dome and that was funny and then she says, you're always a traitor and then it was just, and then you get to see her eye and that was cool and also we know where she got her armor from which is really neat and her helmet. <laughs> it was just like, there was all these like little things I was pulling from the books. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that's cool. Well, when the uh, the laser bolt, uh, blaster bolt, sorry, reflect or deflects right off of her armor it yeah, kind of made me was... think about that. I was like, oh, that makes sense because it, she made her armor out of a ship's hull. Of course it can deflect blaster bolts. Yeah, it, that was pretty cool. And it was just, I, I hope she lived. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't see how she would, but no, who knows? No. I mean, characters have gone through more and survived in Star Wars. So, but I was a little disappointed only in that they didn't show her face more. I was kind of hoping when she got her her mask damaged that she would kind of take the helmet off and then there would be a little bit more to the fight. Uh, well, but... I don't think Gwendolyn Christie wanted that to happen. And Gwendolyn Christie is so attached to the fact that there's it's a female character that's not personified by the way she looks. So I think that even if they'd wanted to do that, I don't think Gwendolyn Christie would have been okay with it. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. I just I guess I was kind of hoping because I like her as an actress, so I thought it'd be cool to see her her face in the film. I mean, we got her eye and like a little, you can kind of see her, her blue eye and her, her light skin. That's about it. But, um, and we already knew what she looked like, I guess, cause the phasma book described her. Mm-hmm. So, um, it wasn't like there was some mystery as to what she was going to look like, but I just thought it would be cool to see that actress, um, in action. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was, I mean, in the trailers, that was my favorite part in the trailers was their fight. And their fight was, was fun to watch in the movie as well. And that was one of the parts of the movie just visually everything else that was going on around them kind of how the ship is like on fire and there's just like all this stuff going on um that i thought they did really well with the effects in that scene as well well yeah and then bb8 in like the at st or whatever it is you know and it like falls apart and he's just like in there yeah that was another one that of some people were kind of complaining about i actually did not mind that either i thought that was fun there were other BB-8 moments that I kind of rolled my eyes at, but that one in particular I actually liked. What's one of the ones that made you roll your eyes? Um, the the coin slot gun. Oh, that was was funny. a little like okay, <laughs> like is that a standard accessory in a BB droid? But um, that was a little whatever. But it was fine. 
I really liked, there was two scenes right at the beginning when he has to stick his head to fix the weapons thing because he ran out of little hand things. <laughs> and then also as he when they get back onto the ship and he says, he says, Finn, naked leaking bag. Finn, naked leaking bag. <laughs> I was like, what? And then you see Finn walking around. I was like, oh. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really cute. And then let's see, I'm trying to think of what else is like really cool to things to talk about. I guess we should probably talk about well, the humor. I was going to say like the Snoke and the fight and all that stuff, you know, oh, or well, the connection yes, between Ray and. That's my, okay. my, Are we that saving that? My favorite, that's my favorite part. So okay. We're saving it. Got it. But the humor part, I love the beginning when he calls him General Hugs, and he says he has a message about his mom, <laughs> I was just like, "Yep, that that's Poe Dameron." <laughs> yeah, they definitely took the humor to a different level in this film, um, which I yeah. guess maybe is Ryan Johnson style. So maybe we should get used to it because he's going to make three more movies. Um, for me, it was a little pushing the edge of my taste of of humor in a Star Wars movie, but upon a second viewing. Um, it wasn't as bad, but the first of you and I, I was, it was kind of like, just, I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. And so there was a couple things, especially like the, the, you know, the cow thing that he milks and stuff. <laughs> now like, we know where blue milk comes from. It's green. It's not blue. It was blue. It it's, was totally blue. It says in the visual guide, it's green. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> Pablo does not lie. But yeah, so there was a couple things that I was just kind of like, wait, what was that? Or like the part where they're. The the Favier, Faviers or whatever Faviers Faviers are are coming through the casino and there's that random alien lady that's got all like the balloon things under her oh, dress yeah, and she's like was oh. I was just like what <laughs> like just things like that that were a little kind of like okay whatever but whatever it's if if that's his style then that's his style yeah I don't they think were we'll kinda like whatever I feel like maybe the the third movie in the trilogy back in jj's hands may tone it down a little bit um oh, I but, hope not. <laughs> but yeah there were there were certain moments i mean i laughed a lot though there was a lot of humor that did hit home for me um a lot of the dialogue with the characters um i'm trying to like specifically like when luke uh reawakens or when r2d2 wakes up on the falcon oh yeah and him and luke sacred island language yeah like that and then like uh he projects leia and then he and then luke's like oh that was a cheap shot you know that kind of stuff yeah they're really good dialogue in in some scenes and definitely definitely really good humor throughout but there were a couple things that i was like okay that was over the top (laughs) well you know one that also is really funny to me that gets me pretty much every time i watch it is when he's like okay close your eyes and reach out and ray sticks her hand out (laughs) and he takes the piece of grass and he's like that's the force you feel it and then he like whacks her he smacks her yeah yeah yep that was funny i laughed at that it's just like oh you meant like and she taps her chest (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was good in Hux. Like I really his like his facial expression. I do too. I he's, love Hux. He's so good. Like just the Domino Gleason's so good, and he plays a really good role in this movie. That's different than what you typically see him play in other movies. But he plays the perfect petty. He's almost like that petty brother that's like always feels like he's competing with you, you know. And the I just answer is the best. Yeah, him and Kylo. It's it's really funny, and I. My favorite scene with Hux is when Kylo is down on the ground 
um, and he and looks like he's out, like, and he's, he's like he gonna to, shoot him. Yeah, he goes to pull out his sidearm to shoot him, and then and then Kylo wakes up and he slowly moves his jacket back over top of it. I know he's like, oh, that was my moment, you know, like that. I was cracking up. It was so good. I also really like when Kylo is ordering everybody to shoot on Luke, and then <laughs> Hux makes everybody stop, and he's like, "Do you think you got him?" <laughs> Just like <laughs> it's so funny. But okay, so yeah, let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about Rey and Kylo and their Force connection, which Snoke says that he did, but then at the end they connect on their own, uh-huh. you know? And so I'm kind of like, I think Snoke is a big fat liar, and I don't really care who Snoke is, and he got cut into four pieces, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so you're in that boat. Um, I I was a little disappointed that snoke was so easily dispatched i i don't know like i do i get what you're saying like well i guess he doesn't matter he's dead but they did build him up to be kind of like this big deal and i don't know if they did we did no they did i mean he's the big he's he's the emperor of the first movie he's the one that's in charge he's ordering kylo and hucks around they are afraid of him like they're they established him as a powerful being um and then they showed him when he's going up against Ray, you know, he's handily, like, he does whatever he wants. Like, he's definitely a powerful guy. He's not some, like, mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz type that's sitting behind a curtain. Like, he, he has the power. He just got he caught off guard in a moment. He got caught off guard in a moment and got fooled by his apprentice and died. And that's what happens to the Sith, even though he's not a Sith. But you know what I mean. We don't know they're not Sith. I think it's actually been stated clearly that they're not Sith in, in a couple sources. But... They're... I don't believe you unless you find the source material. <laughs> okay, I have it right here, and it's on page 39 of... No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, so I was a little disappointed that there wasn't kind of like a little bit more with him, and and now that Kylo is the main guy, and Kylo still hasn't impressed me, you know? Oh, he's... see, now he's impressed me, because now he's like, he's like super evil. He's like... Darth Bane evil and now I am like I am full on board Kylo and I wasn't before but after this because he is manipulative he is totally Sithy and he's all those things and now I'm like chills almost like Thrawn I'm just like oh yeah but he's still whiny like pouty like temper all tantrum the Sith are, all the Sith are whiny pouty Darth, no, he's not. Darth Maul is whiny pouty no, Bane is whiny pouty. Yes, no, they no, are. No, no, no. Yeah, oh my god, not to the level of Kylo Ren. Like no, Anakin. I, now, now I'm full on. I'm full on Kylo now. I'm like yes. <laughs> well, so Kylo Ren to me is he still just doesn't come across as intimidating. Like I, I get that he's powerful, but now he is like the main force user, I guess, on the on the dark side of of things. Um. And he's already gotten his butt kicked by Ray once, you know. So it's well, like, we might find out who the Knights of Ren are coming up in nine because I, they still haven't told us about any of that. Yeah. Well, I think Ryan Johnson didn't care, and that's why he didn't go down that road. But <laughs> I, but JJ gets it back, so I think you're right. I do, I do kind of expect a return to that, and I, I actually hope for it. Um, but I mean, the whole connection thing—you were saying you, you thought he was a big fat liar. I actually well, do. Well, I think Snoke did it, but I think now they have the ability to do it themselves. Yes, I agree. I think Snoke is the one that initially connected them, but they still have the connection. Um, that's kind of how I read it. And but... I really like the growth of them together and the way that they interacted with each other and they were learning from each other. And there was this moment where I felt like 
where I thought we were going to see a redemption of Ben Solo. And I actually, in my head, decided, I was like, okay, well, if that's the way they're going to go with it, I can be okay with it. Even though I don't really didn't really want that to happen, I was kind of like, I can be okay with this. And then it didn't happen, and it went the other way, and they had to fight over the saber. And I was like, damn straight. Yes! Ah, it was so, so it was there was an emotional roller coaster for me with all of that. It was it was very intense. But you're not like you're not into the idea of Ray and Kylo as a thing, right? Like, no. Okay. Eh, you're just, you, just you like Kylo because he's dark side and all that, like you like typical. Like typical things. Well, yeah, like the typical, you know, dark He's a, he's a dark bad guy. Yeah, you like the dark bad guys and now he's gotten to a level like of darkness dark... that he's finally reached he's reached the level that you you're into. Yeah, I need people, I need my dark bad guys to reach like ultimate level of darkness. <laughs> and I he's thought it now was reaching ultimate level of darkness. Yeah, he's I mean, I like him as a character. I I like to hate him. You know, he's he's one of those characters that I'm glad that he's in the movies. I because I think he's a great character. He's very interesting. But I also don't like him because he's a bad guy and he killed Han Solo and, you know, he tried to trick Rey and all this stuff. Um, so I want his demise to come. I'm not a fan of Kylo Ren as a as a person or as a person in that universe, but I am a fan of him being in the movies because he's cool to watch. So mm-hmm. And Adam Driver does such a great job. Yeah. So, okay, we have to talk about my favorite moment of the whole entire movie. <laughs> and it's when he kills Snoke. And he, like, turns his hand just, like, ever so subtly, and he, like, completely wipes him out. And then Ray gets the saber, and then it, like, slow-mos, and she stands up, and they turn, and they start fighting. I lost my crap. (laughs) I was like, this is the best ever and it just got better and better and she the whole fight sequence and then she throws in the saber and he turns it on and it goes through the guy's eye and i was just like (laughs) yep it was like one of the best lightsaber battles ever yeah it was it was a great part of the movie um i guess there really wasn't a lightsaber battle in this movie i mean it was it was a lightsaber battle yeah. not at each other not at each other yeah um no that was a, a great part i like the praetoria guards is something where i'm like okay who are these guys like did some of the knights of ren become them like there i would like to learn more and i'm sure we will because there's going to be other material that comes out um that we'll kind of learn this stuff eventually but i do i actually still do care about learning where snow came from like why was he so powerful i do too how yeah. he turned ben I I, I, there's a lot about him that i still care to learn but, you know, um, I, and I, I've actually heard people say, well, maybe he's not really dead. I'm like, yeah, no, he's dead. They, they zoomed in on his face and his tongue was sticking out. Like, the, the, he's dead. <laughs> he's not coming back. <laughs> uh, there's gonna, not going to be any spider leg version of, of Snoke down the road. But, um, yeah, I, I think the way that this movie went, it leaves, it leaves everything in just this open... Like, where do they go next, you know? Literally anything could happen. Like anything. Yeah, anything could happen. Which, the, that's that's an exciting <clears throat> that's an exciting idea. But at the same time, I'm like, we're, there's like... I feel like a lot of the players have been taken off the board that you thought would be more important. And so you're just like, okay, we're left with what? Like, Ray and Kylo, when it comes to Force users, that's pretty much it. You know, so is... Is there going to be an introduction of characters we're just not aware of? Like, will the Knights of Ren come in? Is she going to go out and train some more Jedi so there are going to be more Jedi in the next movie? Like, is there going to be a time jump 
you know, you know are they going to just pick up where they left off or is it going to be like five years in the future and you see her at the academy and there's these cool kids that are fighting with lightsabers and it's like it's just so much you that really can... want that to happen don't you? i love the jedi that's <laughs> you know you know me um no i do like i it'll be a to me if the next movie is just down to kylo and ray and that's it like to me that's kind of boring i there i want there to be more around it like i, I need there to be more going on mm. than just them yeah two. so how did you feel about the end with the kid did you catch it the first time that he used the force i didn't catch it no i i totally didn't catch it i saw i mean obviously you have the the imagery of him standing there with the broom and it kind of looks like a lightsaber and he's looking out into the sky and you're like okay like they're trying to show you know the future kind of thing and like he's going to be inspired by the jedi but i did not catch the the fact that he actually pulled the broom to his hand like what looked like using the force um so no i didn't catch it the first time i caught it the second time and it was pretty cool yeah Yeah. i i love that they ended on a kid and i love that they ended on the symbol of the rebellion and that i got chills that people yeah that that was amazing but i love how wide open it is and i really can't wait to see what they do with it but we have to talk about porgs and crystal fox oh yeah poor i've I didn't think we were going to get through this whole thing without talking about Porgs. We have to talk about Porgs. So I was really nervous for them when they were jumping on the lightsaber. I'm like, "Mm, there's one right on the end. He's looking down the middle. You're going to turn it on. Mm, Stop it. (laughs) You're going to impale your friend. (laughs) Did you see the art of that? No, I don't want to see that. In the art of the Last Jedi book, there is a scene of a Porg being skewered by a lightsaber. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. (laughs) I'll send it to you. Thanks. Um. I don't want. I don't want it. And then, probably one of the best scenes with the porgs is when Chewie's gonna eat one. <laughs> yeah. And their little eyes. <laughs> They're like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't eat my friend." <laughs> I was really hoping he was gonna take a bite out of it, though. I wasn't. I, I was mean, I think like... he still ate it. We just didn't see it on camera. He has the. And then they, they they make a nest inside the falcon, yeah. which is cool. And then the one that decided, like, I think the one that ended up on the falcon flying around, I think he decided, I'm sick of this island life. He's the let's adventurous go on one. A, let's go on an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's screaming and doing all this stuff and trying to be involved. And he does actually find the crystal foxes. Like he he alerts them to the foxes. There's probably a whole story like where that specific porg went to his family and was like guys you know i just need to get off this island i need to go on an adventure you know and there's like there's probably going to be a whole comic series about it i hope so but did you name him did you name any of the porgs i haven't figured out what you would name them okay i thought maybe you would have at least named that one. maybe i'll name him keith keith (laughs) so random (laughs) okay and uh why does it have to be a boy i don't know he just seems like he's a boy to me (laughs) And then oh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about Keith. Good name of Kevin. <laughs> All the weird characters and stuff are named Kevin. Uh, but there is the book Chewy and the Porgs. Yeah, have you not read it? I no, I don't have that. You got to get your reading material. I want it. <laughs> no, I think the Porgs. I mean, I know we've had the back and forth about the porgs and you know i joke around about how i don't like them but i mean they were fine they 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 served a purpose i guess they did they, now the caretakers were really funny 
They were and, funnier than I expected. Just because yes. I had seen images of them. I'm like, okay, weird looking aliens. But then a couple of the scenes with them, I definitely laughed at. Specifically yeah, when she cuts were... the rock. Yes. And it falls and crashes and takes the one cart, the one's cart out. And it's just holding the handles in its hand. Like she looks up in the air. Was, that was funny. Now, how do you feel about the crystal foxes? I really like them. I thought they were really cool sounding. And I'm like, are you a fox or are you a dog? I can't decide. Yeah, I liked them a lot. Actually, they were at, probably out of any of the creatures, including the, the Fathiers and and the Porgs. And, yeah, any of that kind of stuff. Like, the Crystal Foxes were definitely the coolest of them. And they did feel very Rebels. I, I they will, did. I they think, did feel very Rebels. Which I, I like. agree. Huge fan of Rebels, obviously. Um, so any, And there were a few things in this movie that kind of reminded me of Rebels, so that was one of them. Yeah. Oh, man, I feel like we talked about everything. You never really said how you felt about Yoda. I liked, um, surprised by him, actually. Um, I know you said you weren't really that surprised that he showed up. I just, for whatever reason, at that point in the movie, I hadn't even thought of the fact that Yoda might come in. So when he actually shows up, I was like, whoa, Yoda. Like, I did not expect to see him in this movie. Um, yeah, and I thought, I was kind of confused on if he was a puppet or if he was digital to look like a puppet. Like, have they said mm -hmm. that yet? If, I don't know, but I thought he was sort of puppety. Yeah, that's what I, I originally I thought he was digital to look like a puppet, but then on the second viewing, I was like looking really close, and I'm like maybe it's just a puppet. So they they did a really good job of matching the way he looked in Empire. Mm -hmm. um, so when he first showed up, for whatever reason, it looked weird to me. But then as the scene went on, it started to look better. So I don't know if I just was so shocked to see him but that I was just like, what? <laughs> um, but no, it, totally. And it made sense for him to show up in that moment. Now, did you catch that Ray took the books? I didn't catch it. So the first time I saw it, I remember at the very end um, when you kind of see something in the drawer. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, that looks kind of like Jedi stuff, but they burned that tree down, you know? And so I didn't make the connection, but then the second view, and I definitely was like, okay, yeah, she went and got those books before they burnt that tree down. Sneaky Ray. Which is awesome because yeah, it is awesome. You know, you know, like the whole issue I had with the you know the Jedi and uh, Luke and all the complaints I had with that, I was a little worried that it was going to be kind of this whole like let's wipe the slate clean, like the Jedi are failures and let's do this whole new thing. And I like Page the Turners, they were not. Yeah, <laughs> I like the fact that Yoda comes in and he's just like no. The Jedi don't need to end. We just need to do it different this time, <laughs> you know. Like, um, and I and I think that's always been kind of the way, um, you know, the future of the Jedi has been portrayed, and even other materials is that Luke learned from the mistakes of the past and didn't do the same things that the old Jedi did. But they were still the Jedi. It was just a new version of the Jedi. And mm -hmm. I like that she did take those texts, and she is going to learn from them, and you know, kind of do her own version of the Jedi. I think is probably what we'll see which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, overall, we like the movie. Yeah. Um, it's not, I mean, I'm not, it's definitely not um, one of my top. Of, so out of the three new movies in Force Awakens, Rogue One, and now this one, it's probably my least favorite of the three. But I definitely, you know, really enjoyed it upon a second viewing and, um, you know, it's definitely, I didn't dislike the movie, so I wouldn't be in that that half of fandom right now that seems like yeah, it's well, going on. I wouldn't even say it's half. I just say, I think the people that are negative are just really loud. Uh, Did you have any characters that were kind of like side, 
characters maybe that kind of stuck out to you that you're like, oh, that was a cool character, but not necessarily like the main characters? Billy Lord's character was fantastic. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I was so happy to see her really have an active role. I really liked Tally. I wish she hadn't died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paige impressed me, even though she was there for like two seconds, but I was like, yeah, Paige. Um, I'm trying to think. Snap Wexley's dead, so. No. Yeah. He can't he be dies, dead. He dies. He dies at that in that opening battle. He's in one of the one of the X wings that gets blown up. They did not say that. Yes, they did. I don't believe it. It's not a. I read it. Where'd you I read, read it, it? Somewhere. I read it in an interview or a something, an article about it. I did read it. He is gone. They weren't My joking. Man. No. Because I've seen a lot of people speculate on where he was, and people... I think he's he's gone. He's like bye bye. Bye bye, huh. snap. That's disappointing considering they made such a big deal out of his character and like the books and stuff. But okay. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I hope you are, uh, but maybe you're not. I did really, if anything, Billy Lord's character for sure. Yeah, I think the, the characters that you mentioned, I agree. Um, the one that actually stood out to me was a First Order character, which was the kind of older captain guy at the, fir- at the beginning of the movie. On the, on the, on the, the dreadnought? Captain Kennedy? Yeah, yeah. Kennedy. I love that character. Like he was so, I liked how just how he rough cool. he was. And like, he was like very sarcastic and you know, the one part we where scrambled our fires five minutes, like ago. five minutes ago, or like the part where they're like, Oh, they're sending the bombers. He's like, of course they are. Yeah. You know, just like, he's just got, he's this guy that you can tell he was probably in like the old empire and he's like trying, you know, he's a, he's an officer and there's all these like young kids around him. And he's just like, why am I here? How did I get to this point in my career? Um, but no, I, I actually like that character a lot. Well, as you guys know, on our last episode, if you did listen to it, we ran a giveaway for the Stormtrooper Beyond the Armor book. We will be picking a winner, and by the time this probably comes out, we will have picked the winner and announced it on social media. So please check all of our social medias, and you if it is you, we need your address emailed to us at starwarsbookrooms at gmail.com. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Well, in between shows, you can find us on Twitter. We are at SWBookrooms. Our email is StarWarsBookrooms at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you thought about The Last Jedi, so please send us over an email and we can read it on the next show. You can find us on Facebook. We're at Facebook.com slash StarWarsBookrooms. And we also do have a Facebook group, so if you go on Facebook, you can look for the Star Wars Bookworms Facebook group, and you can request to join. You do have to answer a couple of questions, though, just to verify that you are not a robot. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. It helps more people find the show. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at IceColdPenguin, and Aaron is at AVGoins. And until next time, keep on reading, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>